Welcome to The Press Office with Kate and Co-PR, the podcast that gives you an exclusive and unfiltered look behind the scenes of the Australian media landscape and public relations industry. I'm your host, Marissa Jane, a publicist here at Kate & Co PR. And if you are dreaming of a career in public relations, are an aspiring journalist, or simply just obsessed with all things digital and traditional media, then this is the podcast for you. Today on The Press Office with Kate & Co PR, I am chatting to none other than Sydney Confidential's Jonathan Moran, or otherwise known as JMO. JMO and I chat all about the current celebrity and entertainment media landscape in Sydney in particular and how the pandemic has really made its mark on PR events both now and in the future. JMO has some very strong opinions, especially when it comes to what publicists need to get better at and also the difference between what makes talent stand out in a sea of influences. If I were you, I would get my notepads ready as we get on into the interview. Hey, JMO, thank you so much for joining me today on the press office with Caden Co. PR. As always, it is a pleasure to chat to you. Now, before we get into it, do you mind introducing yourself? what you do and how you got to where you are today. Hey there, everyone. I'm Jonathan Moran or JMO. Yes, it's Moran, not Moran, not Moran, Moran. My nickname is JMO, which is because I can be a bit of a diva. Apparently I'm scary. I don't think I am. Bit of a diva like J-Lo is in the house. It's just a nickname that people called me years ago and it kind of stuck and I like it. It's fun. It's meant to be endearing, not scary. And uh, yeah, I've been doing entertainment journalism. I'm 301 in gay years. So that means I've been doing entertainment journalism for at least 140 years. Wow, you've really been in the industry for a long time. I'm not very good at maths. How many, how many, 20 times 7? 140. That's me. And I got into journalism because I never wanted to do anything else. I got into entertainment and celebrity journalism because I kind of fell into it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's stuck. They couldn't, can't get rid of me. Can't kick, kick kick me when I'm down. I'm here. It's funny that you say that you have been told you're scary. I don't think you're scary. No, I don't think I'm scary at all. And I'm actually a big pussycat. I'm actually really insecure and I can be quite shy and awkward even though my personality is very out there but I'm told that I can be I mean like other journalists were busy maybe you know if I'm rude to anyone I apologize it's just you know sometimes when someone rings me and says hey did you get this email and I'm like did you get a bounce back from me and they're like no and I said like, well I got your email so sorry I'm busy like it's it's just literally that my head is my brain ain't that big and I can only fit so much I'm a boy and a man and I can't f- multitask very well and so yeah I guess I guess I can be scary but you know um I don't mean to be we'll get on to how you best work with PRs and how we can avoid the scary side per se but as the editor of Confidential Daily Telegraph it's usually full of the brink of events and what's going on in Sydney obviously we're in this bit of extended period of lockdown so I would love to know how have you found that Confidential has evolved during the pandemic. Look, we're not going anywhere. You know, it's been tough times. There's no doubt about it. Sydney, Melbourne. I feel for my brothers and sisters and 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 everyone in Melbourne who has endured so much more of this lockdown than than I have. 
but I am literally going insane. I've, I've started posting pictures of carrots on my Instagram this week because I think it's funny that they that they have those odd bunch carrots that look like a person, like a man's penis and then legs on the side. It just, like I've literally lost my mind. So how am I coping with lockdown? I'm clearly bananas. In terms of stories, like people are still doing stuff. Look at Nadia Bartel, naughty girl, she was out and about. Celebrities are still doing things. It's different, sure. Fortunately, this week that we're recording this podcast, we've had the MTV Awards, we've got the Met Gala, we've got Emmy Awards coming up. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on abroad, overseas. And while I kind of feel like that's rubbing in people's faces, it's also nice to know, get a taste of what our life could be like again. So, you know, that's our job to do it. But, you know, Confidential is light and shade, it's fluffy, puffy pieces, it's scandal, it's celebrity interviews, it's all of the above. So, you know, there's still stuff doing. The celebrities aren't dead. They might be slower on Instagram, they might be cooking more, they might be doing gardening, but stuff has gone on and you better believe that myself and my colleagues are hearing about it. I think you raise a really nice point around the Met Gala. I was watching that in awe, being like, New York is back. Do you see that being the case for Sydney as soon as we get out of the lockdown? The thing that I remind myself of every day and multiple times a day, because this has been really difficult times for many of us. You know, many of us already have underlying mental health issues and we're already trying to struggle with that. And, you know, I'm a very social person, so I feel very constrained within these four walls of this cupboard that I'm working out of in my apartment. But, you know, we're going to get through this. Life will get back to normal. Whatever normal looks like, it may be different to what we had before, but we will get through it. And the worst case scenario, and I don't even like to entertain it, but let's say worst case scenario, I am never going to be able to leave Australia again in my lifetime. Australia is a beautiful place. And, you know, the joy of the past two years, 18 months, has been exploring our own backyard. On my holidays, I haven't left New South Wales. I went down to the south coast of New South Wales of Sydney, three, four hours drive down to a coast house that my aunt has. And I've been going there since I was a little kid. But for the last 15 years, I barely go there because I've got other places to be, Japan, Tibet, China, whatever. And the joy of this time has been to actually celebrate the here, the now, the whatever. So worst case scenario, we're stuck here and we don't travel for till whenever. I, I don't know when and if it will get back to normal at some point, but maybe we took stuff for granted before. And so the, the joy is in going, actually, let's just appreciate this shit that we've got in front of us. And I think, especially I'm from Melbourne, seeing what it was like last year after we got out of that lockdown, it was... Was just like the city was alive again. It was actually a really nice feeling. And I don't know, there was almost like too many events. So it was nice to kind of strip it back to the really important and amazing ones. I quite like that the events were a little bit more exclusive. And I don't mean exclusive like excluding anyone, but I just mean they weren't an event for the point of having an event. So, you know, they stripped it back. There were dinners, there were lunches, there were morning teas. People were more respectful of each other's space. I gave up drinking alcohol and taking drugs many years ago so for me to do those things that are much more sensible and you know lets me go to bed by 9 p.m is is you know is is a much nicer thing so i think you know yes there'll be occasions where we can frock up and have some fun but i think we're more considered and aware and not as wasteful as we were in the past and i hope that that stays i hope that we we are more thoughtful and considerate and uh, about the events that we do i don't know if i I don't want to just go to the opening of an envelope god knows i've been to many envelope openings 
openings and trust me they're not all they look like all they seem like to from the outside looking in yeah it really was as soon as a brand was launching something an event was a no-brainer and now brands have to be a little bit more creative on how they're launching a new campaign a new clothing line or whatnot yeah I, i don't know like imagine the expense that these big companies spend on these events and they're ridiculous and they're stupid and i don't know that you know there's a time and a place and 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 they're not over for good but let's be a little bit more selective and i tell you what i enjoy a a lunch where you can actually hear the person next to you or or across from you where you have for me a nice little spritz of soft soft drink or something and a nice meal more than being in a loud pumping room maybe that is because i'm old as i've said but you know there's a time and a place for everything and i think money people are more careful with the money they're spending and the return that they want for that and just throwing drinks for a bunch of influencers god you know what i think of influencers Uh, we will get to that don't you worry with the current lack of events have you found that there is i guess less stories coming through to you and pictures coming through to you or is your inbox still full sure like i actually have no idea what's going to happen next week and normally an event for me is is a working opportunity it's not for me to be going there and just enjoying the hospitality an event for me is to look for stories see people sniff around and it's not sinister it's just that's a job it's not for me to just go and have fun doing it so i've had multiple text messages from people today people are doing stuff people are vocal people are angry people are expressing themselves social media is an opportunity for that and it takes away all the spin doctors and all of that rubbish so you know people are communicating with people yes they're doing all the stuff at home that they they would but they're also sharing their views they're sharing their views on vaccines the the idiots that are anti-vaxxers and you know slaughter me for saying that but if you're an anti-vaxxer you're an idiot and if you say you're pro-choice you're still an anti-vaxxer because pro-choice is stupid too so yeah i'm controversial whatever but there's people out there that, that are doing stuff you know there's massive tv shows if you think you'll find a lot more of the content is driven by scandals on tv what's going on who was kicked off the mass singer who who was kicked off sas and things like that and that's general bread and butter and i, I think that's lazy journalism in a way if you just rely on that yeah. because it's it's just like picking a piece of fruit off the tree but that's continued the voice has been a cracking season this year probably the best it's ever been my only complaint plaint is that it wasn't long enough great judges great format everything went really well uh you know we've had a lot of hollywood celebrities in australia they've been shooting stuff they've all buggered off now because everything's gone to shit but they've been here and that's given us a lot to write about so you know there's still stuff happening definitely and you touched on this before around influencers and what you think of them but do you see how they've really changed the celebrity news cycle I think people, I mean, there's a lot of young, naive publicists that still think that influencers, that influence for the point of influencing, still have a place. And sure, I want to give them credit for that. There are influencers out there that have genuine influence, and I have no issue with that at all. If you're a personal trainer and you want to influence people in the fitness and wellness space, fine. But don't just say, I'm a pilot, so I'm going to be an aviation expert. Or worse than that, let's say I say to you, guys, I'm an aviation influencer and you're like cool and I say well I'm going to fly us in this private jet that's sitting here on the tarmac I'm going to fly us to London and would you get on the plane without knowing that I'm a legitimate pilot or would you stand there and say hang on is this dude legit so like you've got to have credentials if people legitimately authentically have an opinion and they want to share it opinions are like assholes we've all got them everyone can have an opinion but is it worth listening to 
I don't know. One of my favorite influencers, and she would hate being called an influencer and probably avoided it and pulled away from this space, is Sarah Jane. She's my wrinkles and my stripes on Instagram. She's amazing. And she and I have different views on vaccinations. I was pretty harsh before and controversial about vax and anti-vax and stuff. But um, I actually don't know if she's anti-vax or not. But she is an amazing artist in terms of her content that she produces. She walks down the street and I'm like, girl, do you really dress in that? Like, And she's like, yeah, I pulled this out of my cupboard. I got those tracksuits from Adidas in 1963 at this shop and whatever and whatever and I got this from a shop in in Delhi and whatever like she knows the history behind it whereas then you have all these idiot fashion influencers who just get given stuff and, and post it there's no point so you know what I'm saying you've got to have an understanding of what you're doing you can't just rely on your tits and your ass and your six pack and think that that's enough to to be credible and if you're a publicist that relies on that then shame on you and more fool you And I guess in terms of what you would and wouldn't cover, would you be open to influencers that had a a story, I guess, more strings to their bow for a feature in Confidential? Or is it something that you would rather stick to, I guess, more the traditional celebrity type talent? It's got to be a legitimate story. For me personally, I avoid in general, to give you a blanket rule, I avoid influencers. But then if there's a legitimate story, there's genuine authenticity. I mean, all of our celebrities are probably influencers in their own little way. They've all got different ways of influencing and different things that they look at. So there's not a cookie cutter mold for one size fits all. Every situation is different. It's also about being kind and authentic and legitimate. And if there's a story there, then fine. But I also think that we need to hold a magnifying glass up to the industry and say, hang on, that's not right. You know, there's been a lot of fraudulent behavior that has been allowed to continue and perpetuate. And that's because of publicists that haven't done their due diligence. They're like, sure, here's a free dress oh sure here's this and here's a candle and here's whatever but you know the fact is the very fact is that the majority of people that are influential certainly on Instagram TikTok's slightly different Facebook is slightly different but I think it applies for all of it the people that are successful on those platforms are the people that look a certain way and that's six pack big boobs plastic surgery and you know get your ass out on camera you know that's like only fans sort of stuff and for me you know whatever I just think you need to as a publicist you need to be more careful with what you put your name to and the consumers are far more far smarter about it than they used to and there's a lot of celebrities out there you've seen their careers dried up and they had a pretty big level of fame and every post is here's this thing that someone gave me for free here's this thing that someone gave me for free come off the grass I think though you are quite good and we've worked with you in the past on certain clients and we'll give you a call and say these are talent that we're exploring and you'll be like yep no yep no and I think for publicists too what you've said is really great advice and if you do have a relationship with someone in the industry who you want to be writing these stories give them a call and see what they have to say as well of course you want to have relationships with people and that's what publicity is and there's a lot of people that are scared to pick up the phone because they might be intimidated by it they might be whatever to be honest with you i get a lot of phone calls asking me do i do i think this person's all right what's flying in sydney and what's flying in melbourne i i kind of don't think of things that way but there are definitely personalities that might be bigger in each city and Brisbane and so on. But I think the authenticity thing is the most important thing. And if there's authenticity, then then it's fair game. And people that get it and that they're not, they don't take themselves too seriously. Like you come to me and go, do you want to do a story on this person? But they won't talk about these 15 things. And those 15 things are the only things that anyone wants to know from them. So it's all a game, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. And in terms of talent, is there anyone that comes to mind 
that you love working with and I guess examples of who you would like to cover if the product is right, obviously. It depends and it depends by the day. So, you know, Erin Holland is one of my closest friends. She was a beauty pageant girl. She was on Miss World. I always get it wrong, but I think it was Miss World as opposed to Miss Universe. And she's remarkably made herself into one of the top, she would hate the term influencers, but most active people that have come out of that beauty pageant world and into endorsing products and doing whatever. And she's been very smart with that. She's traveled the world. She's done India, the Middle East. She's done um, Pakistan, Canada and she's hosting and presenting on sport. You know, she's been very smart about how she builds that brand, which means that people want to work with her. So yeah, I think it's seasonal, it's different. SAS is a huge show on television at the moment. I think Yana Pittman is underrated. I'd want to work with her. The voice winner, Bella Taylor-Smith. I mean, if, if brands aren't clamoring to work with her, fashion brands, whatever, you know, she's authentic and real and beautiful and talented. And I'm she didn't pay me to say that. I'm just telling you because I legitimately have met her a few times through work. And these are the people I want to see celebrated, not just the, someone because they're dating someone famous or whatever. Although I do like those stories too sometimes. I do like those stories too. And apart from picking the right talent, having a really authentic alignment, is there anything else that you're looking for from publicists when producing stories? stories for Confidential? Well, everyone's time poor. My colleagues are time poor, my fellow colleagues on Confidential, my colleagues at, at other publications. So don't go to them with 50 questions. Go to them with the full solution. Go to them and say, hey, I've got this picture. If you want to do an interview, you can do an interview. If you want to, um, I can provide you these quotes that will go with the story. Whatever works, let me know. But just make it a full package. Don't make me do 50 emails for something that might end up running as a brief in the paper or in a magazine or or whatever, because it just makes my job harder and whatever. If you do the work to get it done, because, you know, we're all time poor. Noted. Noted from our end. One thing I hate, and I'm very happy to share it, and I'm sure other journalists are really pissed off and over it, is the increased likelihood of being asked to provide questions before interviews. I am fed up to my eye teeth with it. I think it's unprofessional I think it's unrealistic I don't think it's 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 not journalism and if you ask people to do that my automatic reaction is no I'm not interested and that's not because I've got anything to hide but it's because if these people are putting themselves out there if they're taking money to promote something or someone then they should have the balls enough to to be able to answer a couple of questions and most mostly it's just such and such is spooking such and such like it's really not a big deal but the amount of times I get can you just jot down the questions and then I say I don't do questions and they're like can you jot down the dot points. Half the time I say to the publicist, will you write the questions for me and send them through and I'll let you know if they're approved. Firstly, and maybe I'm a terrible journalist, but my style of interviewing someone is not to write 50 questions so I'm looking down at my notepad. My style of questions is to have a conversation. So... Firstly, I don't I don't write 50 questions. So, and I certainly don't do that 3 weeks in advance of a conversation of someone that I may or may not get approved to do an interview with. I totally understand where you're coming from. I've noticed maybe in the past 12 to 18 months, talent is a lot more careful and they do want the questions. Well, it's not just talent, it's their stupid managers. It's their stupid managers that are trying to control stuff, but where are they when things go to shit? I just think it's annoying. It gives them a bad reputation and if you're not smart enough and big enough and ugly enough to answer a question yourself, then maybe you shouldn't be doing this game. If you're promoting Wheat Bix or some sort of cereal or batteries or something, then, you know, come off the grass. Like,
like you should be able to form a sen- formulate a sentence to the point that you can say, look, I don't feel comfortable answering that. Simple. I don't want to answer that question. My private life is my private life. Sorry, I'm not going to talk about it. But don't be stupid and think that the only thing I want to talk to you about is is some tie-dye dress or a sarong that you're selling because, you know, you, you got paid 50 grand for it. That then comes on to the publicists. Like we need to be preparing them that anything is going to be asked. And even when you say something is out of bounds, they're probably still will be a question. Does Scott Morrison or Anastasia Palaszczuk or Dan Andrews or Gladys Berejiklian, do they go to a press conference and say, you can only answer these questions? There's been some pretty awkward moments in press conferences Mm. for Gladys and people have asked her stuff that's been hard. And while I think that she should be asked certain questions because that's her job of being the leader of the, the state, could the questions be asked differently? Maybe, maybe not, whatever. She says, this is a press conference about COVID. I'm really sorry, but I'm not answering that. Next question. I just think it's a dangerous precedent. I think publicists need to be really aware of that because they're setting themselves up and continuing to perpetuate this bullshit situation. And quite frankly, you know, you need to understand journalists are there. Sydney Confidential, Melbourne Confidential, Brisbane Confidential, Adelaide Confidential. It's not just there to run a piece saying you've got this new chicken burger and you've got this new bikini that you're selling and whatever. And sure, there are puff pieces in those stories. But you've got to give and take. And the best publicists will realise that and understand and I understand they often get shitty if, if the mention doesn't go in of, you know, whatever. But let's be honest, it's, it, sh- it shouldn't be a whole story about headbands or something. Which I'm, I'm wearing this little headband that I, my hair's so long that I bought this headband from Kmart Click and Collect. And I love it. It cost me like $2 or something. Open up the hairdressers, hey? That's what we need. And you've mentioned what your PR pet hates are. Do you have any PR pet loves? Anything that makes you want to work with a publicist again? Honesty, integrity, authenticity. And by honesty, I mean truthfulness. Don't come to me and say, hey, I've got this exclusive for you. And then I'll write the story. And then that next day I'll open up something and, and my store is going live at, say, midday. And then I'm watching breakfast television and there's that person talking about something. And I'll ring the publicist and they'll be like, oh, I said you had the printing exclusive not the exclusive just be honest don't bullshit a bullshitter be truthful and and i think we all need to remember and covid's kind of reinforced that we're not curing cancer you know don't hold grudges be honest be willing to have hard conversations be willing to agree to disagree but don't hold grudges because you know everyone's just trying to do their job in the end and how would you say is the best way for a publicist to build a relationship with someone like you All of the things I've just said about honesty and integrity and time. It takes time. You don't just go, hey, I want to be your best mate. Like, that's awkward (laughs) when you've got a stage five Klingon just hanging off your shoulder going, yeah, I'm your new best friend. It's just weird. So I think you just, it just takes time. And, and, And over time, those things continue and the honesty and the integrity and people trust you, um, is built. And I guess over your time, how have you found that the media landscape has evolved? Are you seeing the need for stories to be both print and digital and being across social media as well? Everything has changed completely. There's let, Let's not pretend it hasn't. It's changed. Holus bolus, there is nothing that's the same. The thought process has changed completely. So it used to be that our process is certainly from, from a newspaper perspective would be print first, digital later. Now it is get the story out there whatever that is so if the quickest way of getting that out there is 11 o'clock at night and it goes 
in the paper. But you don't think, oh, I'm going to save this little story and, and run it in paper tomorrow. Because And you also need to think ahead of what's the story going to look like tomorrow because you can't be giving people the same story that you gave them online at midday the day before. So, you know, the benefit of that is you can update stories online and stuff. I don't think newspapers are dead. I think it's changed. I think people... St- I love picking up a newspaper. Um, there's something beautiful about the curation of that and the light and the shade and all of those things. Um, and I think young publicists should be subscribing to me- mainstream media outlets and I think that they, you know, whatever persuasion you want to go with, that's fine. But the amount of times that people tell me that they don't read the paper when they're young, well, why are you pitching to me then, you know? Oh, another pet hate is when they go, right, so we've got all these influencers and we've flown them to Paris and we want you to do a story on it. And I'll be like, but what's the story? And they're like, but we flew them to Paris. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, this was pre-COVID, but... You know, like know who you're talking to and what you're talking to them about and understand it's give and take. Yeah, it's really important to know who you're pitching to and what they write about as well. If you don't read The Telegraph, then don't bother calling me. If you don't know what, what, what my social media is or who I am and what I do, like, why, why are you pitching to me? You, you're just ticking a box. And if that's the case, then tick someone else's box, not mine. I've got enough people ticking my box. And there's only so much space in my box, I can tell you that. I love how honest you've been. So thank you. Too honest. I'll probably get sued and assassinated and all of those things. Like I said, we're not curing cancer. This shouldn't be too serious. It's got to be about truth, honesty and integrity. And if you maintain those things, then we'll try to maintain those things. I'm not saying we always all get it right because I've gotten it wrong many times. I now selfishly have to ask if you have any favourite celebrity or career moments. I've been very privileged. I've been very lucky and I've travelled the world covering the Cannes Film Festival. I did three years at the Cannes Film Festival there, you know, going to parties and, you know, living at large and burning the candle at every end. That was amazing um, and sort of pinch myself stuff. There's, but there's been plenty, you know, sitting on a plane, flying business class to LA with Sonny Kruger in the chair next to me um, in our Qantas PJs to interview Madonna was a big moment. And then, and then Sonia Kruger literally shitting herself because she was so nervous about interviewing Madonna. Yeah, just, I, I don't know, that sort of stuff or getting, hanging out with Michael Bublé at his house in Vancouver or... Um, going to the Toronto Film Festival or whatever. Like, I've just been... I think the travel has been the greatest joy for me because I just love... I love travelling. I love seeing people. I love being out and about doing all that stuff. So that's that's been great. And and I went to Afghanistan once on one of those forces entertainment trips wow. with Ben Gillies and Dr. Karl Krishnevsky and Justin Hamilton, a comedian, and, and some great musicians. And, and so that was a really great experience for me. Yeah, I think all of my favourite things have been around travel. Well, hopefully we can be doing that again soon in the future, but it sounds like you've had some really amazing experiences. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good fun. If I died tomorrow, I've got no regrets. That's exactly what we want to hear. And before we leave, I have five quick fire questions for you. Are you ready? You sent these to me and I think I've made a mistake because I didn't actually bother reading any of the questions. I just was like, yeah, whatever. So if I answer these, if I give you the wrong answers, I'm sorry. No, you just have to answer whatever comes straight to mind. So email or phone call? Depends. I I can't pick one. It depends on the pitch. I would probably do an email and then follow up with a phone call if you think it's legitimately something that would be, you know, worth doing. Good to know. Digital or traditional media? 
both. I can't choose between digital and print or traditional media. What is traditional? Traditional, we're traditional. Digital is traditional now, isn't it? It's neither here nor there for me. They're both the same thing, and 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 the the, the joy of it is communicating stories. Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. I'm way too old for TikTok or TikTok or whatever the bloody hell. And Snapchat, don't even start. Um. Look, Facebook for me is for family and friends. Instagram for me is a work tool mostly and just a fun little voyeur way of like looking at people's pictures and stuff like that. But Facebook for family and friends, definitely, and Instagram for for fun and games. And last question, press release, personalised pitch or both? Again, it depends on the situation. Like a personalised pitch, if that means exclusive, I like the E word, but it's neither here nor there. If it's something that everyone's getting, why bother personalising it if it's... Personalising is nice though, isn't it? It's nice when you have a little something that says, hey, J-Mo, you feel special. But if you, like, if it's not really personalised and you know that 700 other people have got the exact same thing, just send it out there. Done and done. And thank you so much for your time, J-Mo. It was a pleasure chatting to you. I feel like every publicist out there is going to have a whole bunch of tips to learn from now. They're not. They're all going to hate me. They're going to stick daggers through my picture if they can find one in the paper and uh, and hate me. But, you know, honesty is the best policy, my friends. Let's just be honest and truthful. And like I said, we're not curing any crazy diseases. Get vaccinated too, please, if you don't mind. Get vaccinated, get your booster, do all of those things. Thank you for listening to The Press Office with Kate & Co PR. Please subscribe, rate and review via your favourite podcast app and please give us a follow, like and share on Instagram at Kate Co PR.